Yeah. I'm learning to embrace the things I do well. Yes. You know? Be, be proud of your hobbies and your the things that make you happy. Yeah. That's why I'm proud of my magic. I'm proud of how much shit I'm about to talk about David Fincher here in a moment. No, I love David Fincher. Girl, you should have already known after the Social Network episode I was know. about to happen. I know. Is this going to no. be bad? Should I lie? Should I lie? Did you go through too much today? Should I just lie? No, no it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and out came talk. 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 Hello. Howdy. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. We're here. We made it. Yeah, just a couple John Doe's. Mm. On the A couple John Doe's. You're never going to find out our real names. <laughs> it's a secret. It doesn't matter. Even though my real first name is John. Uh, yeah. yeah, Mama. Don't my middle oh name. Oh, my God. Mama, you're Jonathan? I'm, uh, just, I'm John. You're just John? John. I'm just John. Just John Dylan Garcy. When did you decide to go by Dylan? Or was it a no, family No, so moment? my... It's my mom. So my grandpa's name is <laughs> his. Name, I swear to God, his full Christian name is John Wayne Garcy. Stop! So I swear to God, that's stop! I swear to God, that's amazing. That's like it the most incredible. amazing. Like that's like Wikipedia trivia right there. That's amazing. <laughs> it was John Wayne Garcy, and then my uncle's name is John Keith Garcy, and then my name is John Dylan Garcy. I feel like yours has the best ring to it. It does. It feels the most famous. Yeah, it does. It has a. It has a. Ring. Oh, well, the thing, John Wayne, John Wayne Garcy feels the most famous because it already is. It's so close. It's, just it's so, so. It's close. so close. Just, just a couple it's letters so, away. Just, uh, it's the same. But yeah. Um. So, but John Dylan Garcy definitely sounds like a like an author, like a Rupi Cower. Very That's, that. Very that. Very Rupi Cower. Um. But enough about me. Let's talk about the show. Welcome to Straight People Movies. It's a podcast. Where we two gays get together, watch a movie made for straight people, and we ask the question on everyone's mind. Do I say what's in the box at this point? Or I do think, I say I why? think what's in the box. It's what's in the box. We ask, what's in the what's box? What's in the box? What's in the what's box? What's in the box? I'm not doing the What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? That's actually what chat pile sounds like. Oh, cool. Maybe I Yeah, they're really cool. You should check them out. That album's really good. I bought the record. It comes to me in February. Uh, my name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And if you didn't know by what we just said, what we just referenced, what we are talking about, we're talking about a movie that's on all of your minds right now. We're talking about In Honor of Bullet Train, one of Brad Pitt's most finest films, Seven. 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 Se- yes. Se- seven. Seven. So seven seven se- no. seven in. So seven in. There we go. So, so seven in. So, so seven in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about seven. It's a. This is our second, technically third, but we don't count the Fight Club episode, uh, David Fincher movie, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Oh yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. <laughs> yeah, we're watching because Brad Pitt is in Bullet Trains, currently a movie that's out that I don't plan on ever seeing. <laughs> Me neither. It's giving um, Lucky Number Slevin, but oh god, oh, it does. It, it's giving that like whole era of like post Guy Ritchie two thousands like action yes. movies. Remember whenever Jonathan Hartnett or John? Yeah, it's Jonathan Hartnett. That's his name. Right? Josh Hartnett. Josh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Josh Hartnett. I'm thinking of Jonathan Bennett. Um, Josh Hartnett. He was in that and like the Black Dahlia murder. Oh God, I miss Josh. Black I love his Neanderthal forehead. I just think oh, it's so too. sexy. Well, did you ever watch Penny Dreadful? I did, and I never kept watching it, but I really liked it. It's very Kirk content. It's very, it's very Kirk core. Yeah, it is Kirk core. Yeah, but I hope he... What is he up to? Let's... Real quick. Just what is, what is, Josh! What you Josh, doing, We'll buddy? start the episode soon. What is Josh Hart He was like to? a little... He was like a little horror boy for a minute there, because he did like 30 Days of Night, and he was like... H2O. Dreadful. I mean, faculty. I, I appreciate a girly who d- sticks to one genre. So let's see. He's in a movie... Oh, in a miniseries called The Fear Index. Yeah, he's an Oppenheimer, so... 
Maybe that'll be. There we go. Oh, he'll be an Oppenheimer. Okay. He's been working consistently, just doing his thing. Maybe doing a little bit more television. A movie called Inherit the Viper. What a fake movie. That's not a real movie. movie. That's not a a fake movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. All these all all these movies from the 2010s are fake movies. Oh, Lucy. Is that a? No. Oh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Oh. Yeah, none of these are the last movie that I re- recognized was Thirty Days of Night in two thousand seven. Two thousand motherfucking seven. That that person, whoever was the, if somebody was born the day that Thirty Days of Night came out, they would be getting their driver's permit right now. That is disturbing. Truly awful. Wow. Well, but you know what? Get that money. Yeah. But enough about Josh Hartnett. <laughs> What are we here for? What are we talking about we're, today? We're talking about seven and in. Seven and in. Yeah. It's yeah. a movie. It's a film. It's a film, I guess. Yeah. It's a 1990 <laughs> film directed by David Fincher. And it stars our man, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan Freeman making his uh, his little debut on That's Super crazy. Movies, which is pretty wild. Because I feel like he's like an SP. I mean, he's a... When I say SP, I mean not our pod, but like the term that we invented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's kind of a fave, you know? Uh, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, ooh. Uh, Kevin Spacey, who's not in the opening credits, so it's, I guess it was like a little surprise when people saw surprise. this in the theaters. They went, oh, look, it's the famous pedophile, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, wait. They didn't know yet, then. They didn't know. And then John C. McGinley. Who was that? Who did he play? John C. McGinley, uh, he was in Scrubs. He's also in the movie. Oh, I okay. Yeah. I, I recognize that man. He was the one in the cop yeah. in the chopper. Uh-huh. The one that was like saying a That's bunch of one? gobbledygook. Um... Anyway, the plot of seven, not lucky number seven, is uh, <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman play uh, homicide detectives investigating a series of very gruesome murders based off the seven deadly sins, all committed by Kevin Spacey, who is most definitely playing against type. Yeah, he hasn't done this before. Yeah, he never plays psychos, and he doesn't he play them very well at all. No, he is very good at this. No, it's like... It's like more horrifying how good he is in it now watching yeah. it. You're like, yeah, you can re- relate to this character, I'm sure. Yeah, I believe this. Um, and it's currently available to stream on Netflix. So if it's been a Netflix. minute, you know, you haven't seen it since high school or uh, from your since your college dorm room days, you could give it a rewatch on Netflix. Speaking of college dorm rooms, before we get into this movie, I want to talk about this movie in college dorm rooms. Because so whenever I went to UTSA for orientation weekend... Uh, we stayed, I stayed in a quad room. So it was like, it had four rooms and then like a living, like a common living room. I don't know what that is. I didn't go to college. (laughs) Sorry. You went to an unaccredited film school (laughs) called the University of Texas at Austin. Yeah. Only (laughs) one of the most prestigious film programs in the world. Um, but anyway, continue. Uh, so all the, I was, I kept my room by myself and I had like three bros that I was roommates with because it was like a weekend long thing. And they had brought girls over to, uh, you know, that they met on the quad. Yeah. And they moved all the furniture out of the way and put their mattresses in the middle of the bed, in the middle of the living room. That's king room. behavior. Oh, it was incredible. It was iconic. And they were like, hey, this is going to be a weird question. But, like, do you happen to have, like, a movie or anything that we can watch or whatever? I don't know why they asked. Because this is 2009, so DVDs are still a thing. Uh, and the only movie I had in my MacBook... <laughs> was seven and i was like here watch this it was truly classic aphrodisiac seven yeah i was like here y'all want to get a little horny (laughs) seven Seven. spacey one of the only movies that can make you never want to eat again and make you never want to have sex again all in one (laughs) swift two hours i know it's like the piano teacher makes you want not want to have sex again well seven could do that plus one yeah truly and i guess maybe there's uh, i don't know Make you never want to be in the rain again? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Makes you hate. Makes you afraid of rain. <laughs> afraid of boxes. You know what the funniest thing about this movie is? Is that what? the whole time it's like giving New York and then they like go out into the desert and you're like, this yeah. is not New York. <laughs> it's truly like that scene in the Simpsons movie where they're like, oh, yeah, it's the neighboring states of uh, Springfield or it's like Illinois, Maryland, Louisiana, and California. Like it's like, I don't know, those aren't the states. It's I know giving. It's definitely giving like... I think the movie's supposed to be in LA, but it's raining constantly, so it can't be LA. So I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's a city. It's, it's taking place in New Lost California of Chicago. It's in Gotham. It's in Gotham. Seven is set <laughs> in Gotham City. 
<laughs> it's set in SimCity. That's where it's at. Yes. Yes. Just minus all the green screen. Um, <laughs> uh, Seven rules, uh, unfortunately. Seven is great. It's iconic. It's so good. Uh, David Fincher has missed only once, and that one time is Mank. I haven't seen Mank. I, uh, I I am infamously a David Fincher hater. Hey, everyone. <laughs> David Fincher hater here. I don't know, Dylan. I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Um, it's, it's definitely not a bad movie. It's a very well-made movie. Mm-hmm. It's got cinematography. It's got editing. It's got acting. It has a I story. Put this movie out today, unedited, unchanged, and it would look like any other movie. Like it looks so Yeah, it looks yeah, it, it was ahead of its time, I think, too aesthetically and tonally. But my biggest issue with this movie is truly just like its point of view, which is something that like the movie can't help because it's it is what it is. And I just mm-hmm. I don't like it. It just it doesn't make me feel good. I know that's the point, but it doesn't make yeah. me feel good in a way that I think is thought provoking. I think it's just kind of like edgelordy a little bit. It's a little edgelord. It's very mid to late nineties. It's like, very, it's very Gen like, X, like anti. Just the movie just feels so hateful. It's just like mm-hmm. it's so hopeless, grim. Yeah, well, the guy who wrote it, he also wrote Eight Millimeter, uh, that that snuff film movie. He wrote Sleepy Hollow. He wrote a bunch of just like genre movies that kind of suck. But like, since it's in the hands of like someone like David Fincher, who is like very elevated. Yeah. And knows how to elevate genre. It's very good. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like, like it. I think if like <laughs> fucking the guy who did like Die Hard made this movie, it would suck. It would be. I mean, so the dialogue ugly. in the movie is pretty bad. Um, yeah. I think that that was probably the most like egregious thing about the movie. I also think the acting's pretty poor it, from everyone except for Morgan Freeman, who I think Morgan is Freeman excellent in it. In He's so good. He, I, I, it's really weird rewatching this. I mean, like Morgan Freeman was in this movie. This feels yeah. like so not something he would do. It's like such a fucked up movie. And I feel like he just, I associate him with like playing God and Bruce Almighty. Like, I'm yeah, just like. He's like He's your friend. He's like your your lovable like dad slash grandpa figure. Yeah, like talking about penguins, you know. And I yeah. And it's weird hearing him like when he said "fuck," I I clutched my pearls a little bit. I was like, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Whenever he was like, I think uh, Gwyneth offers him like a glass of like a beer, and he goes, "No, I'll have a wine instead." And I'm like, Morgan Freeman drinks. I know he I drinks he alcohol and apple beverages. Juice or something. I know he got a girl this. pregnant and then told her to get an abortion. Oh my Morgan God. Freeman. Morgan Freeman. But yeah, I just, I think Brad Pitt honestly is actively like super bad in this movie. He hasn't figured out the Brad Pitt thing yet. He's he was still, way in over like, his head with this one. Yeah. So like, okay, let's look at his filmography at this point, up to this point. Where is that at? You know, Brad is one of those interesting actors to me who does, mm. a, and I think we've said this before, but he does a better job playing characters like character yes. roles than he is at being a leading man even though he looks like a leading man because mm-hmm. to me his best performances are like 12 monkeys yeah so good it was the that. same year as 12 monkeys okay so this was a big year for him i guess and then i mean before that before this you didn't you know he did california and true romance which are both i mean he's just hot in true romance uh he's also really i mean he's famously hot in Thelma and louise but 94 is Legends of the Fall and Interview with the Vampire, two very uh Interview with the Vampire <laughs> might be my favorite movie with the worst leading acting performances ever. Like, because yeah. I think Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt are so terrible in the movie, but I still am obsessed with that movie. And I, so honestly, good. I think it's just like Kirsten Dunst saves the whole movie because she's so fucking good at it. She's so good at it. <laughs> I mean, like, even like his 90. Okay, so then like you have Seven Years in Tibet, which for some reason I was obsessed with when I was six years old. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I was in the oh, not and Brad then... Pitt's filmography having its own Wikipedia page. Oh, of course it does. He has so many movies. And then Meet Joe Black, which is also this is famous flop. Fight Club really is this kind of turning point into like, oh, he can actually like. See, he's good in Fight Club. He's very good in Fight Club. And then Oceans, which I think he's incredible in Oceans. But it's the it's like funny because I feel like that's the movie where George Clooney and Brad Pitt both debuted the George Clooney and Brad Pitt character. Yes. That they would forever do ever since. Yeah, that's where it's, he pivoted from being like sexy, trying to be an actor. I'm trying to think of like an equivalent, like who that would be today, like a like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No. He's not sexy. There's, no, like one sexy like, like, There's no one I, like I Brad was Pitt. thinking while watching this movie, like th- looking at Brad Pitt, looking at Gwyneth, 
I'm like, man, this is really the last era of movie stars. Like the nineties yeah. are the last era of real movie stars. Yeah. Like since then there's no real movie stars anymore. They're still the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. I mean, like Timothy Chalamet, like he can't, I mean, he led Dune, but like, were people going to see Dune because of Timmy? Let's just say yeah. you couldn't make an all about Eve type movie these days. No. Because it would be uh, like Julian Moore as Betty Davis and then who's <laughs> Ann Baxter's character? Like Zendaya? Uh, it would be it'd be like Dixie D'Amelio. <laughs> I don't know who. It'd that be is. one of the one of the D'Amelio sisters. Like it's just not possible. There's just no one like people Oh, you know who would actually be really good? Who? Haley Steinfeld. I feel like Haley Steinfeld I, is like a little I'm dead so behind like mad at Miss Haley. I am mad at Miss Haley. Why? She's so good. And she yeah. just chooses to do like stupid shows like Dickinson and like do her like silly little singing career. And I'm yes. like, when are you going to turn in as good of a performance that you gave at like 12 in True Grit? Like seriously. Can you see her being like someone coming in and being like, oh, I'm just a little ingenue. I'm just a really big fan of theater. And then just turning. Yeah, Haley would kill. Haley, like, there's some darkness behind her But, like, her Haley, eyes. like, it's just, that's what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like Saoirse Ronan and Haley Steinfeld gave, like, the child performances of the last, like, 20 years. And Saoirse is eating. Mm-hmm. But where's Miss Haley? Is Saoirse, uh, Kristen Stewart, and Haley Jenna Malone? Oh, no. I would never, ever, <laughs> ever put that into the universe. I don't want anyone to suffer the same fate that Miss Jenna did. <laughs> no one deserves that. Jenna, if you're listening, I love you, and I think you're fabulous. And I do, too. I that miss was mostly you. a joke. Please still listen to our podcast. I love that the last thing I've seen you in was the Neon Demon, and you were just, like, eating Elle Fanning. Like, <laughs> iconic behavior. Truly. There we go. Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning could play the ingenue and all about yes. Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly... All about Eve, Elle Fanning, Dakota Fanning. Stop, 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 <laughs> stop. I wish that Dakota and Elle hated each other as much as like Olivia de Havilland and Joan Fontaine hated each other. Like, I yeah. wish we could have that level of sibling Please. rivalry again. Please. You know, I've been, I've been watching Feud, Betty and Joan on. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like, you know how Ryan Murphy like is either really good or most of the time terrible? This is one of the good mm-hmm. ones. And Okay. The thing that, like, is most interesting about watching this show set in the 60s is that it's, like, people used to like that celebrities were, like, divas and would say and do horrible, crazy shit and be in the papers and it would, like, sell tickets to movies. And I feel like nowadays Hollywood is just, like, so candy-coated. Like, I think that's almost like everyone was so shocked by the Will Smith incident at the Oscars because it was the first time that a celebrity, like, did anything like that in so long. And I feel like we were all kind of living for it. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this like old Meryl Streep interview uh, where she was like, it was around like early nineties when uh, she referenced Madonna getting the role for Evita Mm -hmm. and Meryl was like, I can sing better than her. I can sing better than her with my hands behind my back. She said something like that. She was like, she came from Madonna. She was like, I was really mad that I didn't get that role. It should have been me. And Madonna can't sing, and I can sing better than her. I mean, T. Like, I love (laughs) Madonna, but, yeah. (laughs) I can sing better than Madonna. You know what I mean? I mean, can Madonna sing The Winner Takes It All? I think not. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, I agree. You know, I was, after watching the show, I was like, Betty Davis is, like, such a legend. And there's a video of, you can find on YouTube of her on like some talk show in the 80s, literally talking so much shit about Faye Dunaway. And it's like so iconic. I'm like, God, yes. I miss, like, we missed this. Like, not only do I miss it, but I never got to miss it because we never had it growing up. No. Because I don't know what happened. Everyone just got, it's post Reagan. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, it was Reagan's fault. It's Reagan's fault. It's everything always goes back to Reagan, I think. Always goes back. I mean, that is the pivot point when America got bad. Um, but back to when Amer- a time when America was good, seven. Um, I really, I just don't see why people enjoy this movie, Dylan. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just think it's I, like such a negative growth. It's like when you really think about what the movie's trying to say, you're like, yeah. what is this movie trying to say? Like nothing. It's saying nothing. It's saying nothing. It really it's is. Mean. It's just it's a mean movie. movie. It's a mean, ugly movie about how mean yeah. and ugly people are. And it just, I don't know. I 
like Zodiac for me is like so much more superior than this movie when it comes to like these kinds of same themes, I think. Mm-hmm. Granted, I need to rewatch Zodiac again because maybe I'd hate that too now. I don't fucking know at this point with Fitcher, maybe. It's just he's yeah. my enemy. I think with th- this is more of a this is more of a genre exercise whereas Zodiac is more of an exploration of a genre both being the same genre. Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess like this I, also does feel like a first movie. It I mean, does. Like, he did Alien Three before, which yeah, like, it doesn't, doesn't count. Really count doesn't yeah. count. Uh, but this definitely feels like somebody's first movie, and it, like I think if he, if James uh, David Fincher kept going down this way and doing horror movies, he would be considered like a James Wan. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. But then, but I mean, he was kind of on his way there because he did, his follow ups were what Fight Club and Panic Room. Yeah. Which I are mean, both, like, more on the campy side. Yeah. I've, I feel like he did have, like, the same initial career Like, did anyone even Wan. take him seriously until, like, the last 10 years? I mean, let me look at this man's filmography again. Because I feel like... And what's ironic is I actually think it was Benjamin fucking Button that did it. Yeah, which fucking sucks. The most boring actually, that's movie actually ever made. Bad movie. <laughs> was, he has two bad movies. I mean, well, you know how I feel. So. <laughs> I don't think any of his movies are that good. I think the highest I've rated one of his movies. Yeah, Zodiac is like a four. Okay, yeah. Zodiac oh, the game. Cool. The game's fun. Oh, the game is so good. But, but uh, again, it's not really like... I don't think like, critics were like gagging, were they? Let's see. No, I, it's on Criterion. It's like an early Criterion movie, but it's like not like... Yeah, as a, it's and it's got 76%, 61 on Metacritic. So I feel like people were like, it's fun. Yeah, but I, Fight Club has, is a movie that it's, its reputation has gotten better over time. And even Zodiac, wasn't it a flop? Like, it critics flopped. really liked it, but it flopped critics really bad. It flopped, yeah. So I feel I like... Saw it, uh, <laughs> I saw it in Peru. I really feel like when Benjamin like Button came out. was when people were like, oh, he can, like, make a, a good movie. And then the social network is when it's like, oh, he's one of the yeah. great directors of our time. Mm-hmm. So it really... I, I, at least in my... Maybe not in, like, film bro eyes. Maybe film bros have always stand. But I feel like the world didn't stand until, like, social network. Yeah, I think Fight Club is like kind of that initial like seed, and then Panic Room that that's his girl movie, and he kind of like went quiet a little bit, and then Zodiac, and that's so like the dudes came back and like hell yeah, and then Benjamin Button is just, that's for critics, that's for the thoughtful type, and then yeah, the Social Network is just everything. It's everything he's been like, working on up until that point, all in one movie. Yeah, and it's like kind of like when a when a pop singer and you know, makes their serious album. But, but, but like, don't you agree that Fincher, like, across the board, all these movies, they just have such a negative point of view of the world? And I find it a oh, yeah. little exhausting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like I, – I like it, though. I like that it's, he makes these, like, really beautiful movies that are just these just mean, ugly movies. But they're so pretty to look at. I think they're, for the most part, well-acted, except for this movie. I think they're, like, an aesthetic, ugly, beautiful sort of thing. I I love all of the kills in this movie. I think they're so gruesome. They're so, so disgusting. disgusting. They're so good. Mama, it, when Sloth gasped. When she gasped. I knew it was coming because I remembered that part. Because it scared the bejesus out of me when I was younger. Funny. It was still scary. It's so scary. Uh, I mean, there's nothing more upsetting than he made me fuck her. One of the most upsetting like scenes in the movie. You don't even see anything. I thought Morgan Freeman was going to be like... Shut the fuck up, you piece of shit. You know? <laughs> like, he just had this look in his eyes. I was like, are you going to tell this man off? <laughs> but no, I mean, I will so say that, like, here's things I liked about the movie. Let's start. Let's go with this. The gr- yeah. kills are very creative and great and very gruesome. And I think for the time probably was pushing the envelope a little bit mm-hmm. of how gross you can go in, like, a mainstream film. Um, and I will say that the last like 20 minutes of the movie is like heart stopping. Like it is oh, like, like, you know, I mean, we all know what's in the box. Like I, we've all seen it. We I knew box. what was in the box before I watched the movie because I used to watch that. I love the nineties thing on VH one and they did a <laughs> yeah. whole segment on seven and they all like did the what's in the box thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think for me, it's the same issue I had with, like, Joker, even though I actually liked Joker more than this. <laughs> Sue me. Uh, <laughs> Sue me by Bjork. Um, <laughs> I um, I just think that, like, I have an issue with movies where they're like, like, Morgan Freeman gives this monologue, right, where he's like, you know, people would rather steal 
than work for their hard-earned money. They'd rather beat a child than raise a child. Yeah, and it's like all this stuff to me where I'm like, it's so clear to me, like, whatever, I'm bringing politics back into it. But it's so clear to me that this movie should be, like, anti-capitalist, but it's not. And it just bugs me. I'm like, but people are probably stealing because they have no other choices. Not because they're fucking evil or satanic. Like, it just, Mm -hmm. I feel like the movie's worldview is just very naive. Kind of like what Morgan Freeman says to Brad Pitt at one part. Yeah. Um, It just, like, the whole, and Fight Club was the same way to me. It's just, like, the whole viewpoint just feels a little juvenile to me. It's just, like, okay, so, like... People like the city is a terrible place because people are committing crimes. It's like, why are they committing crimes? Like, take it a step further, Mr. Fincher. Come on. Come <laughs> we on. We gave you all the clues. Yeah. Mama, come on. Come on. Come on, David. Come on, David. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like I've just been re listening to them a lot recently because I'm waiting. Where the, where the fuck is the second album? But it's kind of like the Hunter Gex album. Where it's like, here's Stop. all these, here's all these like really corny signifiers, like ska and new metal and dubstep, and these are all corny things that are like mostly bad, like taking like whenever they're like in their genre, like in, whenever they're in their lane. But he, it's done so well. I mean, I guess like you kind of ignore how corny it is. I can respect that the movie is kind of like your classic detective movie in a lot of ways, but like, they've just Mm -hmm. like amped the like volume level up to 11 on like how fucking psychotic it is. It kind of like, I guess like, like when I watched Chinatown, one of the things that really struck me about the movie was like, it's set in the forties, which is when so many noirs were made, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of the noirs in you know, the forties, like they couldn't really go there with the content because of like the Hayes code, yada, 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 film lesson, film lesson. But anyway, what makes Chinatown cool is all the reveals at the end that are so harrowing, so disturbing. And you're just like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is what's all going underneath the surface of this movie. And then the movie just fucking ends and it was all pointless. See, to me, that movie, like, I think handles hopelessness in a really interesting way. Whereas I feel like David Fincher, it is very popcorn. It is. You're right. It's like a, like he's taking that sort of Chinatown vibe, but he's making it like a Nine Inch Nails music video. Yeah. There's a, there's a popcorn quality scene. to it. There is. Yeah. Yeah, it's popcorn. So I can respect and... it. Because in the late 90s, that's what was in, you know, that's what was going on at the time. It's like mm-hmm. a very postmodern thing to do, you know? Yeah, and then this was translated into Saw. Mm. Like, this is very clearly, like, the the bones Especially of the Saw. credit sequence. I feel like Saw saw the credit yeah, sequence the... of this movie and was like, let's make a whole movie that looks like that. Mm-hmm. And you know who directed Saw? James Wan. James Wan. Yeah. Uh, Wait, are you, so you know how people are like Brian De Palma is like a grungy, more like B-movie version of Hitchcock? Are Mm -hmm. we claiming right now here on the pod right now that James Wan is kind of that same thing for David Fincher? Yeah, 100%. I think think so. so. I think that's a worthy claim to make. And I don't know how far you've gotten down the, the, the run order of the show, but this is not the last time that James Wan will come up. Oh, I saw. Okay, yeah. I intentionally have been mentioning Damn, James Wan. Damn, is James Wan the popcorn David Fincher? The, a I more popcorn so. David Fincher. Some popcorn with caramel on it. Mm-hmm. This, this is three different Extra places. butter. Po- extra butter. This is some caramel. This is some caramel corn, mama. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I will say this about David, Mr. David Fincher. Mm-hmm. I do feel like when he embraces the camp a little bit more, I enjoy his movies more. So like, for example, Gone Girl, I yeah. really enjoyed quite a bit because that movie's also hateful and mm-hmm. mean and hopeless, but it's having such a good time with it. Oh, yeah. You know, and I feel like when David Fincher's got a little bit of a grin on his face, yeah. like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that action going on. Yeah. I mean, that's I like why I like better. Panic Room so much. Panic Room Panic is Room wild. Is... Panic Room? <laughs> like, now that's, that, that's a movie shit. without a point. And like, and yes. Yes, yes mama. More movies yeah, with no they're... points. I love it. Yeah. I want to, that is a full turn on, turn off your smooth ass brain that doesn't read movie. And I love it. I love him for that. I love him for discovering Miss Kristen. <laughs> Truly. When is Kristen going to come back and do a movie with Fincher now? I would watch that. Oh my God. Do you think she'll show up in The Killer? 
Is that's that his next the new, movie? That's his next movie with it's Michael Fassbender and uh, Tilda Swinton. Ugh, what a boring cast. <laughs> Something about Michael Fassbender just doesn't do it for me. I mean, he's so hot, but he's so hot. His dick is so big. It's huge. <sighs> French uh, graphic novel. Like it's just like I'm reading all these words and I'm like, ugh, my like eyes. Yeah, all these things that make you go, nope. <laughs> oh, God. I I love you know I love him. Um, what? Do straight people like about this movie? I mean, straight people love detective movies. They love detectives and they love serial love, killers. They oh, love serial killers. Loves. If what how many? It's crazy that? that our podcast. For every one movie podcast there is, there are ten serial killer podcasts. Y'all are obsessed. What is it? Obsessed. I think what's most disturbing is like sure serial killers have been kind of like a pop culture phenomenon now for a while. Since, like, the 70s. But mm-hmm. what is it with our age group? Like, I feel like millennials have really taken the serial killer thing to the next level. Like, we are, like, obsessed with true crime. I have a theory, and it's the uh, it's the unspoken popularity and influence of 2020 and, uh, like, 60 Minutes and 48 Hours and Dateline. Like, we miss I all that stuff because we used to, like, watch it when we were little kids with our parents. Yeah, because that was yeah that was the only shit that we were allowed. That was the only like grown up shit that we were allowed to watch because it was like quote unquote news. See, maybe that's and... why I'm not a true crime girl because um I was one of those girls that didn't like have live TV as a child. Uh, Ooh, look because at I lived in a foreign Ooh. country. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Just like gaining culture, you know what I mean? Sorry, I for... just imp- Sorry, I just imperializing, you know. Sorry. Uh, too busy, you know, to to <laughs> to watch the. But no, but really, my parents. Um, we didn't have live TV when I was really little. And then my parents are actually not news watchers, which I didn't realize was a kind of more abnormal thing mm-hmm. until I got older. Cause I feel like every one of my friends like was like, Oh yeah. Like you don't know about like the blank, 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 blank murder. You don't know about like this kidnapping. You know? And I would be mm-hmm. like, no, like where are you guys? Like, how do you oh, guys know about all this stuff? And I think it's because in like high school and shit, like middle school, like they were watching the news with their parents and my parents just didn't mm-hmm. watch the news. So I wasn't allowed to have a TV in my room. Well, I had like, I wasn't allowed to have like cable or like anything in my room to watch TV, but I did have video games for some reason. Anyway. Uh, so I used to have this radio that picked up TV signals. Oh. And so I would listen to TV. Oh. And now my favorite thing is to listen to 2020. Yes, mom. That's given 1930s. I love it. Mm-hmm. I gather around the fucking radio box and listen to my programs, <laughs> listen to my stories. Your stories. I love that. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. So you were hearing about like the news, like about yeah, I would hear crimes. I would, like I would listen to like Super Nanny and Wife Swap, <laughs> and like because it was only like a broadcast show. That's like the gayest Southern thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I love it that. It really is. That's, yeah. That's some Bayou shit. But yeah, I just wasn't exposed to true crime, so I don't feel like I'm one of those true crime girls. Like, I don't really, like, I, I am one of those kind of, like, I do feel sometimes a little morally superior because I just, like, don't give a shit about true crime because it kind of mm-hmm. does freak me out a little bit that people are so obsessed with it. I know. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the whole, like, I know it's kind of, like, cliche at this point, but it's, like, wine and true crime, or it's, like ladies talking about murders that like genre podcast for it. Yeah. Like, that's a little too, like these are people who died. Yeah. Like, no, it, it is very bizarre to me. I just don't get it. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's like, I was like looking at like parent, the paramount, like their calendar and like, they always have some fucking true crime podcast. I've never heard of before. That's like mommies and murders. And they're here to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever. And it's like, that's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, listen to a real podcast. Listen to our podcast. Yeah, listen to our podcast. We're talking about yep. how bad true crime is. Yeah, we Anyway, let's that. talk about John Wayne Gacy now. Let's talk about John Wayne. Let's talk about my grandfather, John Wayne Gacy. I love you, grandpa. I miss you so much. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Um, but yeah, and like, but yeah, detective movies and serial killer movies, like they just, there's nothing, straight people love solving a movie before the oh my god falls. dylan you're so right how have we never brought that up before how truly have we it never is such that a straight boy activity to be like oh i knew that was coming 15 minutes into the movie i knew the ending oh girl oh girl oh. I, well i will say this i do do that mm-hmm. i do but it's a little different um <laughs> it's a little different when i do it it's a little it's like it's cuter it's, good it's cuter it's cuter it's cuter but uh no i do this thing where um so i took advanced screenwriting in school and so i just kind of know like a lot of the tricks especially in like american cinema um 
like if you see like a close up of like an object, like that someone's picking up or like some or something that's just like like in the foreground, like keys or like a knife or like just any object, I always say out loud, that's going to be important later. And it yep. is every single time. I'm like the fact that like most people don't pick up on that, like just shows how well movies have like embedded that shit in there. Mm-hmm. But man, if you're paying attention, it's just like, oh, they'll they'll foreshadow this shit. That's kind of why the seven head, like Gwyneth's lovely head, you don't yeah. see it coming because there's nothing throughout the whole movie that indicates that that's going to happen at all. It yeah, truly is like, a twist. Yeah, you would have to like not pay attention to the movie and like be thinking in your head the number of steps it would take in order to get to that conclusion. Like you couldn't, you'd have to take yourself so far out of the movie to like be able to predict that. And this is also like the era of twists, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like seven maybe was one of our first big twist movies. And then you got the sixth sense only a few years later, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, and I do think that that's why there's this culture of straight boys going like, Oh, I, I know what the twist is. I know what the twist is because they've been kind of conditioned to think that yeah. any thriller of any sort is going to have like a twist at the end of it. And they don't want to be wrong. They don't want the movie to best them. They're like, oh, no, I was smarter than the movie. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like, I don't know, as a um, as a gay man, as a, as a person that is not straight, I feel like I like being on the journey of, like, I don't like, I, oh, like, I don't like when I see things. Like, I don't like it when no. things are pointed out to me that are obvious because I'm like, no, 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 movie. Like, I do want to go on this roller coaster ride with you, and I want mm-hmm. to be shocked. Like... I like with horror movies, like I scream, like I, like I love horror movies, but I like get myself worked up during them because it's more fun to watch yeah. it that way than to yeah. just sit there and judge the movie the whole time. I tried so hard not to judge seven Dylan, like the whole time I was like, <laughs> oh, I want to like this. Cause like I have great memories of, you know, liking it in high school and watching it, you know, with, yeah. with my guy friends. Well, I think it's like, I, I want to like respect the movie and like, not if I I know that if if I like do figure out the twist of a movie before it happens, that means I didn't like the movie because it means I had the time to not engage with that. Like for example, like Goodnight Mommy, Ugh. like for awful movie, Ugh. terrible movie. I knew the twist of that movie because I was like so disengaged from it, and I was like, okay, well I guess I'll just like have I like don't want to pay attention to this movie, so I'll just I'll just solve it. Yeah, Goodnight Mommy is definitely one of those examples of a movie where it's like, have you if you've ever seen like a horror movie like ever in your life, you're probably yeah. gonna guess the twist of that movie because it's just yeah. coming from like you just see it coming from miles away. Oh yeah, it is. It's a it's a flag and it's like the cars. It's like the, the caravan and fucking Mad Max. Like they really think that horror movie fans are gonna watch this movie and not guess the children are actually who are evil in this mm-hmm. movie. Hello, hello. Horror movies are built on the backs of evil children. Mm-hmm. Mama. <laughs> mm. Although, okay, this is a slight tangent, but it's about spoilers in horror movies and spo- spoilers in movies in general. But I never want to be that. I hate that. I, I feel like I'm like asking for a manager at a restaurant. I never want to be that person. But it happened to me where I was reading. Um, this is a, I'm not going to spoil the movie at all, but it's just, if you only want like a thematic spoiler, uh, it's about resurrection. The movie Resurrect the New just came out with Rebecca Hall. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I won't spoil what happens in the movie. I'm just telling you a slight thematic thing. So I was there was a critic's notebook on the New York Times about like uh, the depiction of pregnant men in film. Okay. And it talked about Junior and it talked about uh, men and then it talked about Resurrection. Oh, well. But there's no pregnant men in, in Resurrection. But uh, – it says, spoiler alert, this happens. And I'm like, that is not enough of a spoiler alert. Yeah, for girl, you need a space, 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 not, space, 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 Yeah, space. people don't read like that one word at a time with blinders on for the words on either side. They read, you know, in blocks. And I was like, you should have fucked. I, I got resurrection spoiled for me, and I'm so mad because it's insane what happens. Well. And it's like, no. And also this movie that's in less than 100 theaters right now. Yeah, that's fucked like, up. You could be, like, destroying the movie. It's like yes. life. Yeah, don't fucking spoil a movie that like is having like a platformed release. Like, yeah, like it's okay to spoil movies bad. like Goodnight Mommy that are bad. Yeah, you can do that or like spoil seven like, years ago. Top Gun that like seven trillion people have seen, but not like a small indie like Resurrection. It was it made me mad. Um, but yeah, anywho, so three people love to guess and they like to they get like all worked up during the movie and they talk a lot during them and you're just like shut <sighs> up, shut up. Like I'm one of those I'm, girls where it's like it's okay to say things for the movie if it's funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> like if you say something yeah, funny during it, I love that. Like, but it better be <laughs> funny. Love- so you're, you're taking a shot. Mm-hmm. And then if you say something and no one says anything, it's like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take, take the card. Um, also, I mean, it sucks that this movie has been reduced to a meme, but it has. What's it's the what's in the box. What's in the box. We're what's really the box? on this a meme movie moment right now. We're on right some now. meme shit right now. We're yeah, we're meme. doing a lot of meme, meme movies. Look, straight people love memes. Y'all love memes, and you like to use it's them like in weird love... contexts. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. What context would what's in the box be used for? I think it's just like a reference where people just like do, like, it's the same thing with like people saying like, hey, you guys, whatever, like in fucking The Goonies. Ugh. You know, it's just, oh, God. what are we doing, God. The Goonies? Oh, God. We have to do The Goonies one I just day. like felt my heart drop. <laughs> Did your soul leave? I can't do The Goonies anytime soon. Uh, I just got so tired. I'm so tired. I know we're exhausted. Oh, I'm fatigued now. Fatigued. Is there anything gay about this movie besides Gwyneth Paltrow and her one scene, two scenes? But the thing is, is even like, it's just like the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow is there is gay, but the character and everything that she does in the movie is not gay at all. She she just plays woman. I, when, and Gwyneth Paltrow as the woman. Can I say it? Do I have to say it? You know who the gayest yeah. person in this movie is? Who is that? Kevin Spacey's character. It's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he's a faggot. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's he's giving re- it's giving repressed faggot who kills people because oh, he's yeah. upset. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, his whole monologue in the back of the police car is I've had that exact monologue in the back of an Uber before, really drunk. Yeah, just talking about you know turning the sin on the sinners and mm-hmm. you know. yeah, <laughs> listens to one episode of Red Scare once. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I think in this day and age, like I feel like Kevin Spacey's character would be the girls from Red Scare. Like I feel like oh, hun- Seven oh, made now the villain would be like. Dasha Nekrasova. Well, because they're all fucking Catholic now, and so I mean, very Seven Deadly Sins. To yeah, this is what happens when you watch too many non-exploitation movies. When you're a fucking edge lord, <laughs> you're like, I want to be Catholic now. Seems hot. Look, I just like how gold everything is. I mean, yeah, we love it's opulence. Major. So, although Lesser Grata Familia, I was like, is the Lord inside me right now? No, literal Dylan. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I mean, should we convert? Should we convert right here, right now? That'd be like let's kind go. of iconic. We're, I mean, we're in a basilica. <laughs> like, let's go. Oh my god, that was yeah. I was <laughs> like, literal like, wow, church is kind of cool. Church is kind of major. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the gayest thing ever. <laughs> you get free wine. I mean, the only thing that sucks is, I mean, it basically is brunch. It's Catholicism, gay, and <laughs> and uh, what's the other one called? Protestant. Or is that yeah. straight? Is that what it Protestants is? Protestants are straight. Yeah, although like Pentecostal, like they dance, which is cool. Pentecostal is like freaky, deaky, like kink gays. Yeah, those are <laughs> those are the yes kink at Pride gays. Yes, yes. <laughs> they uh, said, yeah, bring your families to Pride. We don't. Yeah, care. we'll fuck in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> um, I think I love the way I love the way I don't know if it's gay or not I just like the way that Brad Pitt says Marquis de Chade Marquis de Chade was a pretty gay line great great line gay line it's, it's... but but it was more, what was even gayer was when Morgan, Morgan Freeman went Marquis de Sade you <laughs> fucking Philistine <laughs> although I like the idea that Brad Pitt's listening to Sade mm. <laughs> absolutely you know Brad Pitt's you know he's, he's like picking up the CDs the he's like oh my wife likes it but, like, secretly, yeah. he likes Sade more. <laughs> yeah. Gwyneth's like, when did we get Lover's Rock? <laughs> when, did, when, did this, when did we get this in the CD collection? I uh, love uh, it. But, yeah, no, Sade? there's, like, this might be this might be one of the straightest movies we've ever done. Oh, yeah. There's not much to pull from here. It's pretty. Even, like, we mentioned him earlier. We haven't mentioned him at all because he's, like, a nothing character. Like, John C. McGinley, like, is, like, Loki, a very straight actor, mostly because of his role on Scrubs. Right. Uh, like even the supporting shit is straight. Like also that David Fincher was so like obsessive about this movie. Like the, the, that room that has all the notebooks in it. Mm-hmm. Like every notebook was filled out with stuff, even like though real they stuff? only used there with real stuff. They had like one, that was like one dude's job was to write in all those notebooks. And there's like thousands of notebooks. See, and they pulled that one to out. me is like the director equivalent of being a method actor. Yeah. And I'm like, I think it's, it's like, that's gross. 
It's gross. You shouldn't make somebody handwrite in a thousand notebooks. For no reason. Warm Ipsum. For no reason. If you're gonna, yeah, no, that's dumb. Like, okay, Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. Who do you think that, that, oh, we <laughs> built this set from scratch using the materials from the 1300s. Like, okay, and for what? Fucking nerd. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried acting? Yeah. Ugh. Mm. All right. While we're divided on this movie, this is a movie that we both love. Uh, we're going to our gay recommendation section. Yes. So we recommend a movie that's a little bit gayer than the one we just watched today. I mean, there are... The villain reveals himself in a police station. Yes. And there is a major revelation of the movie about a head. Yes, and there's plenty of twists and turns. Plenty of twists and turns. It's dark, and it's dark a lot of this movie. Uh, it's spooky, ooky. It's malignant. Yep. The M movie. And, uh, That's it. And you know yeah. what? How about this? Now that we've an- annihilated... Annihilated the, the A movie. The, the A movie. Who's ready to malign yes. the M movie, baby? Yeah, we'll Someone watch Malignant, Malignant and then we'll never talk about it again. Yeah. DM us if you've watched Malignant. It has to be your first time. Actually, no, you can watch it again. It doesn't matter. Just uh, DM us proof that you're watching Malignant and we won't talk about it again. Yep. Uh, but if you haven't seen Malignant, f- stop listening to this podcast and go watch it. Yeah. What are you doing? We literally, how have you? The biggest climber are my top films of the 2010s. It like started at like 20, <laughs> and then I like moved up to 10, and now it's at like number seven. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it's a movie that only grows in estimation. It's perfect. It's a perfect film. Um, I'm gonna rewatch it soon. I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, it's art since my birthday, so I gotta I gotta give it another rewatch. It's art. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's art. James Wan is a king. He's never missed. And that's that's it. That's it. This this is a short episode. <laughs> well, I mean, what is there to say about seven? You know, yeah. It's wait, wait, how about this? Which seven deadly sin are you? Ooh, gluttony. So you would be force-fed spaghetti. Oh wait, do I want to die that way? Ooh, I mean, oh god. I mean, they're all I mean, pretty pride. bad. I don't know how you. Can, I guess there's no way to really choose. Well, I mean, pride seems the easiest. Well, the, pride the easiest one quick. was envy, which was Kevin Spacey just getting shot in the head in a desert. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, no, but then he had to do all that work for, like, years. Yeah, that's true. He had to, like, work I'm and then just lazy. get shots. Yeah, no. It's not Sloth. That's the worst one. That's That awful. one's horrible. That's I guess, true. like, I guess, like, pride. Yeah. Choosing to, choosing to kill yourself. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah, pride. Chill. Easy. 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 <laughs> They're like, do you want to mutilate your face and live or take sleeping pills and die? Uh, like, take sleeping pills and die. <laughs> okay. Like, do I have to choose? Maybe no, that's the gayest part about this movie. <laughs> You're like, I was already going to do like that. Like all anyway. the other deaths. Like I was like, oh my God, absolutely not. But that one, I was like, I mean, that's not so bad. <laughs> You're like, I was already like on the way to the store anyway. Like, let's just go. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're, I guess we're both pride. We're both pride. Yeah. yeah. That tracks. That's, that tracks. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, right, I'd be well. lust if uh, that wasn't the death for it. Oh, that wasn't the actual worst one. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Fincher. You're just Good, like you did you're it. like mm, one female victim. We've got to give it. Well, I guess Gwyneth. Well, no, but Gwyneth was like not a victim. She was a victim by proxy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. woman got the worst death for sure. Yeah, the, the the women in this movie are not treated with kindness or respect, Mm-mm. or mostly respect. <laughs> kind of like how we put Chloe Sevigny in those glasses and did her hair like that for Zodiac. Just no <laughs> respect at all for her. Isn't. Siobhan Fallon's in Zodiac, right? She better be. She in, she's in like... <laughs> she fucking better be in that movie. Hold, please. Siobhan, Siobhan Fallon, our queen? Our queen. Is she in that movie? I may be making that up. I think I'm making that up. Wow. The fact that she's not the first Siobhan to come up on Wikipedia is homophobia. But, uh... God. Claire Duvall is in it. She's in Zodiac? No, yeah, Siobhan Fallon's not in Zodiac. What am I thinking of? She is in Funny in. Games, though. Oh, she's in the new one? Yeah, she's in the American one. My favorite thing about Siobhan Fallon is I read, like, the one interview with her that's ever been done, and she's apparently, like, super Christian. Um, and I just, like, yeah. I'm obsessed with the fact that, like, she's in movies like We Need to Talk About Kevin, The House That Jack Built, Funny Games, Dogville, <laughs> Dancer in the Dark. Like, iconic. Iconic behavior. Incredible. I might just be thinking of Kevin. We Need to Talk About Kevin. <laughs> We need to talk about Kevin. We don't. Uh, speaking of, Kevin. we need to talk about Kevin. Did you we see Ezra Miller was like arrested for burglary? 
Of course. In Vermont, of all places. How did they go from Hawaii to Vermont? Mama, he's been on a global campaign to just destroy the world. (laughs) He's literally a real-life supervillain. Truly iconic. Sorry, they're a real-life supervillain. Yes. I love that all all non-binary representation is terrible. Demi Lovato, Sam Smith, and Ezra Miller. I mean, it's the same for gays. I feel like all gay guy representation is pretty bad. I mean, I'm just waiting for Jonathan Bailey to say or do something stupid for me to hate him. (sighs) Yeah. But I don't Game know. I don't know. Aren't good. Yeah, we aren't good. We're not great. Oh, also, this movie did have a lot of homophobia in it. Did you notice that? Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt did say fag. He said faggot, and there's like so many jokes about Brad Pitt's like, I don't want people to think we're dating, and then he like, oh yeah, he's next to, oh, and he like oh. makes a joke about like, I don't want my wife to question why I'm coming home late, and he like he makes mm-hmm. a lot of like references to like pe- making sure people don't think he's gay, and it, it's yeah, like, he listens to Sade. Ah, uh, maybe there's something going on subtextually mm-hmm. here under this movie, people. Mm-hmm. Maybe all you straight boys like this movie are actually secretly faggots. Maybe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first time he meets a gay person, he kills them because he doesn't want to confront it. Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now take a, now take a look at yourselves. Good. Take a look at yourselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and with that, I think we're done with the podcast. <laughs> Uh, my name is Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, and a letterbox at Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle, and on Twitter and Letterbox at K-R-K-V-N-S-E-K-L-E. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rate and view us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And follow all of our socials, str 8 PPL Movies. Do it. Do it. Do it. We'll post some more stuff soon. Yeah, well... <laughs> Maybe one day. We'll see. God. I'm so busy. I'm switching jobs. I'm going to Vegas in a couple of days. To We're see just Katie too Perry. busy living life. We have, do you think we have time to promote our podcast? Literally no. a girl at work asked me, she's like, do you have any like advice on how to promote your podcast? And I was like, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, like I, I almost want to say to people, like, you know, like indie music. I feel like we're like the indie music of podcasts. Yeah. We're the, yeah, we're the, the, the sacred bones of podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, yikes. But hey, we uh, won an award, so that's all that matters. We won an award. It's framed right next to me. All right. We'll see oh, did I tell you that Jesus ruined the clipping you gave me? Oh, no. I have another one if you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Just I'll, mail I'll, it I'll to me. You. I'll mail it to you. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye, bitches. Mwah. And now came talk. Talk. Talk.